All right, hi, this is Crossman, and this is Movies Charles Hasn't Seen. Uh, so this is our first episode, so let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. So I introduce myself, go ahead. Yeah, my name is Wilson Holsizer, and, and I'm Charles. Um, so the premise of this podcast is uh, the group of us are in a group chat together, and we talk every day, and through that we discovered that Charles has a cherubic uh experience with movies where he he seems to really like movies but hasn't seen any movie uh other than like major blockbusters yeah um, i mean to be to be fair to yeah. charles i mean he has there are many movies he has seen good movies he has interesting things to say about the movies he has seen but there are gaps yeah in in uh, his conventional cinematic knowledge that we are looking forward to filling and that is the goal of this podcast, both to expose Charles to new films and to get, gain the perspective of someone who has seen classic and well-loved and widely watched films for the first time. Uh, and that, that is our goal with this podcast. What do, you, what do you think about that goal, Charles? <laughs> well, so, I mean, I am a big film goer, um, but in my defense, I tend to... I tend to go towards the more modern blockbusters. I usually only watch movies when they're in theaters. Um, I watch them less outside of theaters. So a lot of my movie knowledge is more skewed toward recent films. And moreover, um, I guess my tastes were a little trashier uh, throughout time until recently. Uh, so I never really went for the more like, you know, artsy or, you know, film critic heavy or dramatic films. Uh, so I haven't really gone towards those until, you know, maybe the past four years or so so i have a lot of catch-up to do i'll admit yeah we're, we're fixing that now right yeah it's because classy you know well-reviewed films yeah. are exactly what we watch today well right. so I, I don't think it's just that i think it's just like <laughs> movies that we love and that we were surprised that charles hadn't seen uh, yes yeah. i mean i think we do want to hit up we would want to hit on some classics should we continue but the other goal is to just pick on movies that we like or at least someone here likes mm -hmm. um and again broaden the things yeah so we we started with uh the clap 2000 classic uh pitch black uh starring vin diesel and a uh, number of people who didn't appear in a lot of films after that as or far as we can that. tell yeah or before that um and not not a critically well-received movie i think it's just at a minus 57 percent on rotten tomatoes currently yeah so just not fresh um <laughs> but uh i i really uh enjoy this movie um well i guess we should start with charles since you had fresh eyes on this movie yeah, what, so, yeah so what did you think about the movie in general I mean, I've always had the impression that it was kind of that cult classic sort of movie. You know, I hear about it all the time on the internet. Uh, it was clearly well-liked enough to spawn a bunch of sequels. Um, Not I, good sequels at all. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. really bad. I, I, I haven't seen the sequels. Apparently, they, I've were, seen both, apparently they were worse than they're this They're not one. good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my only exposure to Riddick was the second film. Uh, I believe it was called Chronicles of Riddick. And, you know, I thought that one was fine. Um, it was kind of weird. Um, not a whole lot to say about that one, but I've heard a lot about this one, so I was interested in seeing it. I just never got around to watching it. Well, it it you, seems like my kind of movie, really. Yeah, totally. And um, you had told us that you had watched part of this movie with some friends. Can you tell us, tell us about that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I, 
since I'd heard so much about Pitch Black in the past, uh, we were sitting around looking for a movie to watch, and so I suggested it. And uh, we got about ten minutes into it, and my friends just thought it looked horrible, and so <laughs> we immediately what? turned it off and watched Donnie Darko instead. Yeah, well, to be fair <laughs> to your friends, and and that that opening crash sequence does, in many sense look terrible right like it is very <laughs> this is very dated right it's very overloaded with the 2000s late 90s era shake cam thing right it's a lot of really quick cuts and the camera is moving a lot throughout them and so i would understand why someone might not want to see a movie that, like, like that. white light flash in your eyes right it's kind a, of yeah, it's a lot of lens flare a lot of lens right it's a disorienting <laughs> opening which yeah. is a shame because it's well paced. It's well oriented. You can get a sense of the, ge- the geography of what's happening, but it's all filtered through this shake cam flashing lights <laughs> mode <laughs> that disorients the viewer. Yeah. And so I feel like it's a symptom of the director trying to cover up the small budget because if the, your camera's moving less often, you can't see kind of the hacky uh, special it, effects it and setting and. And costuming and that kind of thing, which is a, a shame because it seems like he does have a good sense of what he wants to do cinematically here. Yeah, totally. And I think um, one of the things I think that's going for it is because it's a 2000 movie, they couldn't CGI everything. Yeah, because that CGI has not aged well. No, not at all. But but that was, I think that's actually good for the movie because similar to Jaws where like the shark puppet didn't work and that made the movie a lot better because they couldn't show the shark. Right, yes. I think this movie like benefits from like not leaning on its CGI too well, much. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense that the thematic underpinning of this movie happens is darkness. And I think, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, see you, the it's, bad it's effects. Literally, yeah, there's nothing on screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, is, uh, that was a wise decision. Yeah. I, I think the creature effects are actually not bad in the movie, though. But some of the environment effects are, are not good. Yeah. And, and not all the creature effects are good. Right. So I mean, yeah. it's, they they yeah. can be hit and miss. But again, you don't you don't get a good look at them very often. There's a handful of shots. It also seemed like there was, like, puppetry being used yeah. for some of the things which yeah. is good because then the uh the the lack of cgi actually like makes those it like better. two scenes that looked yeah. really good like when riddick is facing off directly with one of them that looked pretty sweet yeah and that like would be down view that would be where it would look the worst right right yeah. right where the cgi would look the worst and it's yeah. curious that we've come full circle in these kind of movies right because you look at you know like the Star Wars prequels are probably the most famous bad example yeah. of this kind of bad CGI. And now yeah. we can do the CGI better, but when you see more of a push towards natural practical effects, yeah. movies like Mad Max and, yeah. and things like that. Or in the so, new Star Wars. Or in the, yes, or in the new yeah. Star Wars is a better example. Yeah. So it's curious to see this movie that is kind of in both worlds, in that it has the bad CG of its era, but it also isn't necessarily using practical effects because it didn't have enough money to CGI the whole thing. Yeah. And it's curious yeah. to see those two things side by side in a cinematic era where we're valuing the practical required effect. The effects that were required of the old movie are now desired in the current era. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I agree. And like it comes out right around the time of... Phantom Menace, right? Which yeah. is like the same like period, which is... 99, I think. Every CGI, everything, and then looks terrible. Right. Um, it hasn't aged, it, yeah. It's aged worse than this. Oh, than yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's not all covered up in darkness. Right, you know? yeah. That's yeah. Like, you <laughs> see it right up in your face. <laughs> like, that's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know anything about this director. His name is David Twohey. Okay. T-W-O-H-Y. 
but he wrote The Fugitive. And I don't know if you've seen The Fugitive, but it is a fantastic movie. Uh, and, wait, Charles, have you seen The Fugitive? Yeah, Charles, have you seen no. The Fugitive? No. <laughs> uh, so, well, we you have a Harrison Ford? Yes. Okay, yeah. so you know of I know of it. I've seen scenes from it. I haven't seen yeah. it all the way through. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's Harrison Ford and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Jones plays the cop who is chasing after Ford, who he accuses of killing his wife. Yeah, I think so. I think so. it's his wife. Yeah, it's been... I confuse yeah. that with... Um, there's a bunch of movies that are like that from right. that time period. Right. This is the best one. There's a Will Smith movie that's yeah. similar and Enemy yeah. of the State. Yeah. Yeah. So I, just, yeah. I just saw that one a few weeks ago. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, great. Well, you got that on your phone. It was really cheesy. <laughs> right. But the best yeah. one is The Fugitive. And this guy wrote it. And I think you can see some of the parallels there in the pacing. Yeah. Right. Like this movie moves along. It, it's quick. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I don't know what you thought about that. So, I don't know. Like... The pacing was very even, but I don't know. It seemed very different from what I expect from a traditional like sci-fi actiony film. Uh, in that, I don't know. It was very even, but none of the moments felt incredibly like especially tense or anything like that. Um, sometimes the action crescendoed when I wasn't really expecting it to, or just out of nowhere, so it felt out of place. Can you give an example of that? Um, like. When he, when Riddick and uh, I think his name is John, the Merc, are yeah, talking, the mercenary. Yeah, uh, in the green light. <laughs> There's the plural. I think John's, yes. John's. Um, <laughs> and they're like walking ahead of the rest of them, and they're like trying to discuss stuff, and they just start fighting, and then the beasts show up and kill them, or whatever. And, um, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of scenes where the action seemed to explode out of nowhere, but in a way that didn't really felt. It didn't really feel natural, you know. It just felt kind of sudden. So it felt uneven then? Yeah, and kind of like that. And, like, you know, there's a lot of parts of the movie that are just very slow. Um, And that I didn't like quite as much either. Like, the whole beginning part was, like, a very slow burn. Um, Yeah, it it kind of... It's not Mad Max. It's No, it is definitely not Mad Max, but it it looks like Mad Max a lot of... At least the first half of the movie looks like Mad Max. Yeah, that actually is true. They're using a lot of filter, like, a lot of color filters. filters. Uh, Hard yellow. Right, yeah, Yeah. and the stark blue that they have. It's a weird choice. Like, I don't know if I liked it or not, but it was definitely in your face. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I didn't mind that. I actually kind of like... That. But I, I think Charles is right that it like it doesn't follow the normal sci-fi movie kind of like slasher thing where whatever creature creature or thing is like picking off people. Yeah. Uh, whereas like there's a lot of like internal conflict to the group, and that's really what turn like that's that's where the action comes from. Yeah, that, that's the, yeah. the the instigating uh, drama. And like the driving drama yeah. is within the group, right? Like the the monster almost starts to feel incidental in a lot yeah, of ways, totally. yeah. right? Although it's it's very different from like uh, from Dust Till Dawn, sure, um, but follows a very similar structure. Have you seen From Dust no, Till Dawn? Oh my god! <laughs> so, all right, you keep getting these. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so well, I won't ruin From Dust Till Dawn, but like you. Uh, but if, I mean, in terms of the two act, like that's really clear. Yeah, right? you you think the right. movie is one thing, and then it takes like a really hard ninety right. degree turn, I've and read then about it that, becomes actually. like another thing. Yeah, like right. Deer yeah. Hunter does the same thing, right? And yeah, acts, right, where it has like, these really stark act breaks that break up the film into almost three, two or three smaller films, and this does a similar, makes a similar move. Yeah, so I can I can understand like turning it off early because it's actually kind of like. <clears throat> 
there's well there's like the vin diesel exposition at the front where he talks so about like, like <laughs> smelling the other characters <laughs> which yeah. which he does later on right he cuts yeah. the girl's hair gives it a sniff yeah it doesn't amount to anything no it's just so weird it doesn't yeah <laughs> but it shows that he's like a psychopath or something, or something right? yeah. i guess it's well, I mean, he's supposed to, to have his senses like hyper aware because he's blind or whatever but he's not really blind he's, yeah, he's like kind per- of blind you can only see well, the dark he's got yeah. night vision or whatever yeah. but he's essentially like kind of like a blind person yeah i get that they were going for that idea right like the, the blind person yeah. with the heightened senses but yeah they didn't do anything but that i also i love the explanation behind that uh, yeah. his eyes behind yeah. his eyes that he paid a doctor 20 menthol cigarettes <laughs> yeah. to shine, to surgically shine his eyeballs, which allows him to see in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so in the future, menthol cigarettes are still good in prison. Right. Apparently. Well, cigarettes still exist. It, they're valuable in prison. And apparently there are doctors there that want them and have the equipment to execute the yeah, surgery. There's a surgeon yeah. in prison who will take cigarettes. Right. And perform apparently serious surgery yeah for like corrective surgery on your eyes that's sensitive yeah yeah so yeah i mean this movie had a lot of that right? yeah like, it's just so that's what, well anytime you have like a, a sci-fi movie <laughs> that starts with one of the characters is explaining the premise at the beginning right that's a really bad sign <laughs> <laughs> like i was waiting for it to kind of go because uh, i remember when i first saw this movie i was I saw it like 15 years ago, so I was 13 or something. And I was waiting for it kind of to go in a more direction, like with this voiceover and it had all this dark lighting and yeah. this mysterious figure. And it doesn't do that. It's like almost a horror movie most of the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, it, it was odd to have this voiceover at the beginning of the movie that never returns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just this really odd directorial choice. And I wonder if the movie would have been better served by just cutting it. That, that like <clears throat> smells of like, a studio yeah being, like, a people point. aren't yeah. gonna like this so you need to add this you need to explain what's going on here yeah i yeah. think i can think back to like <clears throat> the last airbender movie where they go through like three <laughs> characters like exposition before they actually like start the movie <laughs> yeah yeah and then just like saw that one? <laughs> yeah and then just like train wreck proceeds <laughs> like gosh. from that movie yeah one of the famous so, example of the studio intervening within that vein is, is blade runner right where they made ridley scott and Harrison Ford recorded that terrible voiceover and inserted it like after production, like after everything oh, was mixed, they yeah. saw it and made them do that. And that's why it's so bad, it's because Harrison Ford didn't want to do it. Yeah. Apparently, that's the the myth in any event. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that gets us, I think, to another interesting thing about this movie that I like is that it doesn't over-explain anything. Right? It gives you just yeah. enough information to get you through the movie. And that it's one I think, of those films, right? And I think that that helps move the pace along a little bit. And I, I understand that that could function as a plus or minus, depending on, on who you are. But for well, me, it was, in Charles' case, his friends shut the movie out, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But for me, <laughs> so they were like, "F this," right? Yeah. But uh, we never even learned really why Riddick is in jail, right? We know he killed some people, but we don't know why. We don't know the circumstances. Yeah, and I kind he's of a psychopath murderer, right? Like that's yeah. all we get. Yeah. That's all we get, and, he, and he's the box art character, right? He's the leading. Yeah. He's the leading man here, and we learned very little about his family past and it's interesting that they decided to do that and i don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that well let's start with it. uh his character seems i don't know i didn't like the way his character was fleshed out in this one compared to how i remember him at least from the second film the one i did see um just because he seems kind of 
not that well put together. Like, sometimes he's, like, this very brooding and serious, like, badass guy. And other times he's, like, a little too talkative. He's also and the punchline, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, it seemed inconsistent, yeah. <laughs> like, how talkative they I wanted agree. him to be. And, like, you know, his language seemed a little too casual in a way. So it didn't seem as epic or badass. Um, from what I remember in the second one, he seemed a little more alien, a little more mysterious, and had a more consistent voice. Um, at least from what I remember, it's been a while since I've seen that one, too. Maybe I just have rose-tinted glasses for that one. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree that he comes off a little muddled sometimes. Yeah. I. That's, like, Vin Diesel kind of, like, shining through this movie, <laughs> right? Because he... He, he some of those lines were really funny and I liked them they were like classic Vin Diesel but they didn't seem to fit with what I expect from the Riddick character based on what I know about him, what well I've and seen. the rest of the movie is like super serious yeah. right no, wait, that's too he kind of does the like the Will Smith he's like, the only one the camera lines yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that didn't seem to really work right well to that point is he the main character here or is it Carolyn they kind of share the screen. I mean, he's more of just the presence that keeps the plot right. going and makes but, sure they don't all die. That's true. Right. But I mean, Carolyn's the only one with real character development. She, I mean, she has a complete arc that abrupts, that ends abruptly. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, as soon yeah. as it's that over. That was very it's, distressing. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> you did not like Caroline getting killed? No, no. <laughs> I was hoping that she would make it. I mean, I, I tend to prefer the happier endings, I guess, the more optimistic endings. So, I mean, if it <clears> felt like a waste... In a way, to have her go through all that and just get picked off out of nowhere like everybody else. Yeah. This the same exact thing happens in a movie that came out just a few years after this one in in Deep Blue Sea, where there's uh-huh. a female lead who gets killed right at the end by the creature. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I ruined the end of that movie. <laughs> I'm not seeing that one. Yeah. yeah, there it goes. I mean, Wait, you haven't seen Deep Blue no. Sea? No, I haven't seen Deep Blue Sea. Why have you seen these movies? Deep Blue Sea is a great... Uh, no, it's not. It's <laughs> it's a movie? This... Deep Blue Sea is... Uh, that's a different episode. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, but but I, I don't know. I kind of like the, like, you kill the main character that you expect, right? Because she, she's, like, the heroic character. Right. She, I mean, well, she's the heroic character, and she's the only character with an, with an arc, right? Like, she starts here, she wants to jettison all the people at the beginning of the movie, wants to pull them off to save herself. And then can't. And, she, and, and can't, but still, you know, wanted to. And ends the movie right. with She only sacrifice. can't because the other guy prevented her. Right. And, right. and she ends the movie with sacrificing herself in order to save everyone, right? Like, that. Like yeah. she has this very clear arc. She starts here, things happen to her, and she ends in a different place. Yeah. Right? And it... And she, and, and more to that point, she's also the one making the choices that move the narrative forward, mm-hmm. right? So to me, I'm watching this movie, and we're supposed to, and we do think of Vin Diesel as the main character. We think of this as the Vin Diesel movie, but it's not. It's for me, yeah. I think it's the Carolyn, you know, yeah. movie. And th- again, this is like pre <clears throat> Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel. This is right. like Vin Diesel immediately following Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, like introduced to the world essentially. I remember when I first saw this, I saw this in high school because. Um, I think it, it kind of just like disappeared through theaters and then came out on yeah, TV. And like, short run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then like rented this from Blockbuster with some high school friends and watched <laughs> it and we were obsessed with Vin Diesel after, <laughs> after watching this movie because we were like, this is the coolest guy ever. <laughs> right, and I mean, that's because I saw it, I was probably a, a little younger than you, but I saw it when I was 13 or 14 and I, yeah. that's what I remember because like, I haven't seen it since then. I remember Vin Diesel, but watching it now, it's 
It was like it was Carolyn, di- like doing being yeah, being Diesel like became a term for like being jacked like after this movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He gained his fame. He was, yeah, uh, I I remember very distinctly the scene where he like pops his shoulders yeah, out yeah. to like get out of the chains. Right. And being like, when we saw that, we were like, this is <laughs> this movie <Whoa>. is great. <laughs> and then there were aliens in it, like totally unexpected, right? Yeah. yeah. Nobody yeah. knew anything about this movie. Right. I had never seen a trailer before I saw it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it had gone through theaters. Apparently it had. Uh, and then it came out on rental. Uh, right. And was just like, what is this movie? It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, trying to think of what I, I remember the scene where he's injecting his eyeballs. Oh, John's. Oh, John's. John's, yeah, with the drug. I remember. With morphine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which would be. You don't have to that's insane, insane, right? Like, like, no, the you would pass out from the sense. pain, not just from the needle, the morphine would right. burn your eye. <laughs> yeah, just another moment in this movie that it's, makes no sense. It's future morphine. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, would prevent the the other scene I remember is the one that we mentioned earlier where they had the bird's eye shot of Vin facing off with the alien and that was going back shot. and forth. And that was a cool shot. Like that, Very that moment shot. worked yeah. really well for me. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I, I remember. I like the cinematography in this movie other than the, all the lens flare. It, the lens flare gets me, but the rest of it I think is, uh, is excellent. Yeah. A lot yeah. of it works. Um, the moment where the kid is trapped under the bone and the aliens on top of her is straight out of Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, it's true. just a ripoff of Jurassic Park. Well, I mean, this movie borrows a lot from, like, aliens, Alien, obviously. Yes. Like, the creatures yes. look like the aliens, well, other, other than the, they have wings. Yeah, and Carolyn is very much a Ripley figure, except she dies, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> except that. Yeah. It's sort of like, let's do Alien, but let's have this, like, Super Jack guy that can like fight the aliens. Yeah. I, I think what they, yeah. my, when I saw it, is let's do Alien if Terminator were in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Terminator versus Alien. Yeah, right. Like yeah. It doesn't remind me of Alien rather than Aliens because they can't really fight back quite as well, right? It's more yeah. of that slasher fake. Right. It's yeah. more of a yeah. horror movie. Um, and let, I mean, I wouldn't even characterize this as much, much of an action movie because that first half of the movie is yeah. uh, after the crash scene. It's pretty slow. Action yeah. free, right? Like, I, no, I, they set it up more like a slasher than they do. Yeah. Like yeah. A, yeah. And then it becomes like a chase yeah. movie. Right. Because they're not, yeah, yeah, they're not facing up against the aliens much at all. There's a few moments, but most of the time they're running away. So they just yeah. go between the crash site and like this random settlement a few times, and that's like the whole movie, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that, that was another thing. A lot of times, their moves from one place to another were not that clearly motivated. Like, I, I don't understand why they they're looking for the cells to power the spaceship, and they're kind of you know farting around about it, and then all of a sudden they're like, really need to go find them. And well, they they kind of explain that by saying that the sun is like the, the, no, not just that, but the yeah. mercenaries. Like, if we, uh, it doesn't really make sense. But the, <laughs> the mercenaries, like, if we get the cells right now, Riddick is going to kill us and just take the shuttle. Right? Yeah. So he's like purposely stalling them to like from going back. Yeah. Right? Is that? I, I, is yeah, that I, I think right that now? might yeah. be what they're getting at there. But yeah. what waiting do to help though? Right. Yeah, that's like a movie plot thing, right? right. And like, I don't want—I don't want to get too try to explain it away. With yeah, them. I don't want to get yeah. too hung up on like plot yeah. mechanics. Like that's not <laughs> one thing. Here. Yeah. But, although I am interested in what you guys think about what this movie has to say about how we treat prisoners, right? And and our perspective <laughs> on whether or not someone being a prisoner makes them irredeemable 
not worthwhile. Because we see Riddick here, except for the bit at the end when his character just goes totally off the rails, as a guy who really redeems himself, saves a lot of people, right? Protects the the, um, the people that can't protect themselves. I don't know. Is this is this movie trying to say? Is this movie trying to say something about how we treat our prisoners and how punishment should function, or is it not doing that at all? Wait, what do you think about that, Charles? I don't really know what to say about that topic, to be honest. I mean, I think they usually want that kind of lovable bad guy sort of character. That's what they wanted to portray with Riddick, right? Right. Well, and and, and I don't know if the writer and director had, had that in mind when they were making the movie. And we yeah. do get this muddled moment where he's going fleeing back to the ship after saving everyone. That didn't make any sense to me for his character. But I still think that they're they're they are trying to get at something about a guy who everyone is afraid of and who who everyone thinks is going to kill him throughout the first half of the movie and is presented as this stalking murderer who is actually not interested in those things and doesn't really want to kill them and isn't just out for blood and is. In, I mean, a lot of that's the result of John's like overhyping his right. evilness, right? right? Which is how a lot of people treat prisoners, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I. I, I don't know if it's a very, like, I, I don't know how smart this movie is. <laughs> I think you might be giving it too much credit, but they, they do, like, set uh, Riddick up as, as like, a slasher, and then they, they sort of, they do, like, the Indiana Jones switch, where it's yeah. the, the aliens are the, are the slasher, or the Johns, the mercenary, who right. is plotting to kill some of the other passengers. Yeah. Well, and that also, for unclear reasons. Yeah. But, well, also, yeah. I think he explained he wanted to use him as bait to buy time or something. Yeah. Which seemed like clearly a bad idea, considering how many aliens there were. I The obvious thing that they should have done was just say that, like, the shuttle to get off the planet, like, only holds so many people, and then John's is, like, trying to make, like, a yeah. uh, moral, or not a moral decision, but, like, a who's Self-serving gonna, decision. Self-serving yeah. who's yeah. gonna make it decision. Right, right. Uh, but they don't go there. They, <laughs> no. He just is, like, plotting to kill them. Because. Because, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he got in a fight with Carolyn earlier. Yeah, and, and yeah. the movie does, like, <laughs> does make Riddick look sort of terrifying if... if oh, yeah. And then... Very, switches that very quickly, and and the creatures and and Johns are like the bad guy, right? So. Well, another echo of Terminator, right? Oh yeah, totally. Right? Like when we were or Terminator Two. Well, yeah, yeah. The transition from Terminator One to Terminator Two, like Captain's okay. at the act break in this movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or um, yeah, I'm trying to think. And again, like Mad Max kind of echoes that in some ways too, um, where like Max and uh. What's um? What's her name? Furiosa. Yeah, Furiosa. Yeah, I was trying to think of her character yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, Furiosa. Yeah, where they like don't trust each other, and then they yeah. kind of like have to switch. That doesn't really happen in this movie, but no. Well, well to well, a they switch to trusting Riddick at some point. Yeah, in, instead of John's. Yeah. Although it comes out that he's like a drug addict, right? So yeah, and not actually a cop. He was lying about being a cop, and like a few yeah. people were lying about their roles here, right? Because well, he didn't say he was a cop. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he just implied it. He was lying about. Being a cop when he wasn't. The kid was lying about being a man when she was actually a woman. We have Riddick wasn't really lying, but still had his role misunderstood. Yeah. We have the Carolyn character who everybody thought was captain, but was actually this other sub-captain or something. So we, I, I, it seems like a theme throughout the movie that we have 
a person, a character perceived one way and they're actually another way. Yeah. Right. And that also plays into the light, dark dichotomy of the film itself, as well mm -hmm. as the harsh act break right in the middle. And I, I don't know. And, a more echoes of Jaws, too. Right? Yeah. Because the, the captain is like kind of this crazy guy, but then right. it turns out to be like pretty like he, heroic. Right. And he yeah. knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that it kind of can tie back into the, the themes of the movie, both the visual and cinematic themes but the narrative themes um, and that uh, I think we can't give this movie more credit than we might <laughs> I, uh, so I when we were watching this uh, or when we decided to watch this I was really concerned that it wasn't going to hold out because yeah. <laughs> like I've, I've done that to people where I was like let's watch a movie from my childhood it's the best movie ever and then surprise it's not yeah <laughs> Oh, it doesn't no hold up. This movie, I think, actually holds up. I think it's like really well paced. Yeah. I think it benefits from being short. Yes. Uh, a lot. If they went another 10, 20 it's very minutes, mm -hmm. too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's very minimal. Yeah. There. I mean, there. Even this was a touch. I, I said I know I pointed out earlier that it was well paced, but this could have been shaved down ten minutes or so, right? Yeah. We also saw the director's cut, which yeah, I think yeah. adds to it, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, I think. One thing also that this movie does, which is very difficult to do, is it, it has a large group of characters mm -hmm. and then shrinks it down well without being confusing. Yeah. A yeah. lot of movies like try and juggle like a large cast and you're supposed yeah. to like emotionally connect with everyone in the cast. And then as you like take the characters away through whatever slasher plot point. Yeah. yeah. You get down to the to the main characters and they have a really hard time like juggling all those characters. This movie handles that really well right well and, and yeah they can one of the reasons i think they can do that is that they again don't over explain things right like we're no, not yeah we don't we well. barely learn like why these people are on the ship like i guess it's kind of a passenger ship that also transports prisoners okay well i think Rick yeah. was the only actual prisoner right okay yeah i think that's yeah I think you're right about that but still so we don't we don't see like we know that the muslim guy is traveling to mecca we know that the Rich guy is, has to transport all this rich guy stuff. Yeah. yeah right. But yeah. Like, as to like why. <laughs> the, like, comically what, what British <laughs> right. rich guy. What he gets yeah. for flying coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we do have another comedy relief character. We forgot about a little bit. That guy whose name I do not remember. He's he's er, this Aris, Aristoc. Er, I barely it? remember any of Yeah. Paris P. Ogilvy. Is that the character name or yes. the actor? The, the, the actor is named Louis Fitzgerald. That's okay. Cartoonishly yeah. rich guy sounding. <laughs> right. Yeah. He no, like, he's like a British aristocrat who's like smuggling alcohol or right, something. Right. Yeah. And, like weapons, and, and weapons. Blow and weapons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I actually really like that character though because oh, yeah. he's so absurd and is like fanning himself under an umbrella like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah like some sort of princess and yeah, yeah. He, he, and I don't know somehow that hit the right tone. For me, I don't know why, but that guy works. Why well, and he bites it like so? Oh, yeah. perfectly. He's too. right, right, just right. And, and, I mean, more and echoes of Jurassic Park. What right? happened to me? I forget. He's he's still like Gennaro in Jurassic Park. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. He, they're uh, they finally decide to move from the crash ship back to the shuttle, and they're they're yeah. they're bringing all the cells, which are like nuclear reactors or something, yeah. they're transporting, and uh, he gets clipped by an alien or like an alien like flies yeah. by and he freaks out and kind of runs away from the group okay so the classic like in jurassic park yeah, the right. lawyer who like gets upset by the t-rex and yeah. then runs to the bathroom gets killed immediately the bathroom, yeah. yeah 
Right. And again, it's just classic horror movie punishment, right? Like, this guy was cowardly, therefore he dies. This The, the guy, the Australian dude at the beginning killed someone, therefore he dies, right? Like, we, yeah. we see all of these. That was a great, like, movie scene <laughs> yeah. where this other guy who shows up out of nowhere and you think it's going to be a part of the plot. And then they instantly no. kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sort of sets up the movie as to, like, this is what we do in this movie. Is yeah. People die in, like, very horrific yeah, yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. It, like, preps you for that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I don't know, less jarring. But I, I think it actually, no, not less jarring. It puts everyone in danger. Right. It, it raises the threat level of the movie. And I, that's a, that's a good move for a slasher film, right? That you you know that anyone is gonna be up, is gonna bite it. Yeah, I noticed so. that in movies. Like the director likes to set the rules of the film right. in a way, right. kind of see what he's willing to do and where they can go. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think like we know the film's parameters, and this set this film sets some pretty wide parameters in terms of yeah, that anybody can die. Like die in right? Way. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I was gonna say on the black guy survived. Right, Keith David. Movie. Yeah, Keith David. <laughs> right. Sorry, sorry. The only other name actor, <laughs> right? Movie. Yeah, probably the uh, uh, Keith David. He's got a great voice, right? right. After Vin Diesel, yeah. he's definitely the most famous person associated with this movie. <laughs> yeah, by a wide mile. Yeah. Um. Well, to you, uh, before we recorded, we're saying this is a pre two thousand one movie. This is a pre nine eleven movie. Yeah. Right? Like I, I, I'm not sure exactly how it would have looked different after. 9-11, but it clearly would have. I, well, I don't think it would have, like, Muslim characters. Right. That, right. I don't think it so, acts that character in completely. I don't know if they do something. Characters. Like, characters, yeah, right. I don't think it's, yeah. like, get rid of them completely or they make them more or less villainous. I mean, I don't more. feel like they really added that much to the movie anyway, being religious. Like, they clearly tried to emphasize that theme with a bit of that where's your God now kind of stuff. Right. Like, we have Allah or whatever. But it never really went anywhere or amounted to anything. It seemed like yeah. kind of a waste of I, Well, I thought it added, like, nice texture to the like the universe that this movie's in where like islam is still a thing they're on yeah, pilgrimage to the like future new mecca. Yeah, yeah to the, new mecca new mecca uh which is <laughs> which i i think in terms of like explaining the universe that we're in i think is is interesting because otherwise the movie makes no attempt to yeah explain an outside world like we know yeah. that there's a, a mining team i guess like that's one there's of, a prisoner there's a prisoner so we know there's prisons yeah. there's law <laughs> We know that there's uh, an economy of some sort because they find this old mining vessel yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And I, I, I like that. I like that it does kind of orient us in terms of some well, kind of lived-in world. It does the same thing that, like, um, what's the, uh, the Keanu Reeves movie where he's uh, John Wick? John Wick, yeah. yeah. So John yeah. Wick does the same thing really well. Yeah. Where, without explanation... Uh, has assassins that are trading gold coins and like there's this, like gold coin yeah. economy and then there's like a hotel that they go to that's like a <laughs> we like a, the way they expose that assassin underworld man. yeah but it does it in the same way that this movie does where it's like they don't explain things it just like happens in the movie and it's like this is what this world is like well i mean and, yeah classic showing a not talk, right yeah. yeah which is a just a storytelling maxim that's been around forever yeah, yeah. And which but the movies like pitch black don't do right, unfortunately. Right, right. a lot of yeah. movies. I mean, at the, we all recently saw Doctor Strange, right? And that I, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Uh, prepare yourself for a solid, you know, forty-five minutes of exposition. It, it's all. Like, uh, it's, <laughs> the whole, it's the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, like it. So I think that tells you that good storytelling doesn't track with budget, doesn't track with names, right? Like we yeah. we see this 
Well, what do you what do you think the budget of this movie is? Well, that's a good question. I mean, what, where would you? I, I know it. I looked. I looked it up. Oh, you looked. I have no yeah, give them like what one million maybe. One million. Oh, I, I mean, I have a tough time thinking of how much movies cost. So two, I don't know what the scale was, and it was in 2000. So it's so in 2000. Right, so I have to think of it as like $2,000. Yeah, but like $100 million would have been like a crazy budget at that time. Right, right. Yeah. That would have been huge. I mean, this That's like a Titanic-sized budget. Okay, so this yeah. is a director who wrote The Fugitive, which yeah. is no joke, but hadn't really directed many feature films before this. It has one medium-sized name who had a bit role in a huge blockbuster. And Keith Davis. And, and Keith, I mean, he wasn't anybody at this point. I, don't think. Yeah. I think this was before he started it, doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, man, it's not going to be that much. It's going to be a few million. So, the, I believe, and I can double-check this, that the budget is $20 million. $20 million. Okay. 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 Which, which all feels went, like a lot. Which feels like a lot, and it all went into that crash scene at the beginning. <laughs> Probably and like yeah. the creature effects, Alien yes. yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, the movie is like shot on a soundstage in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of it, or in the desert somewhere. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. Probably like, in the Mojave somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. They, they didn't shoot on location. They, they must have just found a desert in California or something. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, yeah, it's gotta be just be outside of L.A. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like so in they, a sand pit. Somewhere. Yeah, they didn't move all this shit out to the Mojave Desert. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. I guess that's higher than I would have thought. Yeah, that that surprised me. Yeah, because you don't see it on the screen. No, not at all. Yeah, and I don't. I wonder how much it made. Yeah, it actually. Um, going back to like, Alien. I think it made forty million. So okay, it's a hit. Yeah, all right. And it was huge on DVD. Like everybody yeah, was watching on DVD. Like it, it went. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sort of like Fight Club, but it's like came out around the same time. Did do well in theaters, and then on rental like right, did really on. well right yeah yeah a movie that was poorly marketed right and that's probably the probably same, same thing here thing. right yeah. well how do you market this movie though yeah you have a no nobody star right Vin Diesel is your guy I guess that's why they put him on the and it's a rated R sci-fi movie right yeah. or they say fuck yeah. a lot yeah they, they drop the you can't show any of the cool scenes in the trailer because they're all like super gory yeah yeah or when like John's the the uh mercenary gets his head oh god head yeah. off, which is great and then the butt blood sprays up onto the alien space yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah that was that was so goofy like, that's the way that guy goes yeah oh. i i you, i definitely see this movie in the vein going back to alien there's like even more deep references to alien because you sort of have this like sort of like worn galaxy mm-hmm. look to it where like even though it's in the future, the technology still looks like crappy. Dirty sci-fi. Which I really I like. I, I like yeah. that aesthetic. Everything is used, right? Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Well, that goes back yeah. to Star Wars. Right? Yeah. Like, that really is Something where that funky. became popular. Like, that dirty, dirty sci-fi look. Yeah, that's really what disappointed me uh, with the um, Alien prequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prometheus, because yeah, yeah. the they technology in Prometheus yeah. is insane. And then the, the 70s Alien movie, which happens. <laughs> yeah. In the timeline after Prometheus, the technology is really shitty. Right. And it would have been great if in Prometheus it was like all that like crap right. technology. Right. And it would have like gone back to the class dynamic in Alien that they just abandoned yes. in Prometheus, which is a bummer because that was like a really interesting part of that movie. Yeah, and they make like slight references in this movie to like a company. There's like an offhand right. remark about like the company. Right. Again, uh, we hear nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> no but it's like the company in Alien is like the same yeah. thing, essentially. It serves a similar role. Yeah. Yeah. Charles, did you like this movie? Um, I definitely don't like it as much as you guys hyped it up, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fine, but like, 
you know. Is it? So I don't, mind blowing. I don't think it's like the best movie ever, but I think it's a really fun movie. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what I like about it. Yeah. I, I think it's a movie with of extremes. Like there are some things that work, re- that function really well. And then other moments where it just narratively goes off the rails and makes no sense. Yeah. Right. Like, like as soon as he goes back to the ship and is ready to abandon them, like that was, that was so out of character and out of sync with where his arc had been that I was disoriented. And like, why? When Riddick went back, got yeah. on the shuttle and powered it up and didn't leave? No, when and he was planning to leave and he was like trying to talk her into leaving with him. And like Which is a little weird. Yeah, yeah I mean, that made no sense. I mean, maybe yeah. they're trying to show that he actually has some heart or whatever, but it seemed definitely strange for his character to be like that. Right, because what they've been progressing towards is a guy who cares about people and has shown that he gives a shit and is sure. willing to sacrifice his own mm-hmm. safety for them, and then all of a sudden, no, never mind. They just pull the rug out. Right, and that, that just came out of nowhere, and that made no sense. So he That's has it. those really low points like that, but... I like the first half of the movie. I think it like raises the dread factor really well, and I think it does that. I, I, it does that effectively, mm-hmm. um, and I like that. Um, I like Carolyn's arc. I think that that mm-hmm. function goes well for me. So it's a movie of extremes. Yeah, I like the lens filters in the desert. <laughs> okay. That was good. Okay. Not not the lens flare. <laughs> no. Yeah. Carol, <laughs> important distinction. Yeah. I, I feel like Caroline's art didn't really resonate that well with me because it didn't seem properly fleshed out. Like she starts off wanting to sacrifice everyone to save herself and obviously ends up wanting to sacrifice herself for the others. But I don't feel like there's meaningful moments that really change her or that really show that she would change. That would um, like make sense for her to become a more selfless character. It, it just kind of happens throughout the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I hear that. I think that part of her art comes from her disagreements with Johns, right? Like, she sees what a really bad guy looks like and doesn't want to be that. And she sees Riddick. And he's a drug addict. That's, right. That plays into her decision-making right. very yeah, heavily. Yeah, which like is, drug addicts. She's not like addicts. Yeah. Right. Well, I think she did <laughs> like, well, she, well, she had a better reason than just not liking drug, drug, drug addicts. Because she wanted those drugs for the guy that was dying. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I forgot, that, about, like, I forgot about that. That's another, like, throwaway thing. Right, right. But I think <laughs> yeah. that's that's fairly critical, right? Like, they, that it's not just, oh, drug addicts are bad people. It's, this guy is selfish, right? That's I think true. I think her arc, the, her motivation to end up in a selfless place where she starts in a selfish place is she sees a guy that she respects as a law enforcement officer yep. betray those ideals and turn out to be a big, fat liar. And she sees another guy who she fears and disrespects as a criminal and a murderer sacrifice himself to save people. Yeah. And she sees she sees both those play out. And she decides which one she wants to be more like. And that that was effective. I mean, that okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't really notice it while watching the movie, I guess. But it makes sense on hindsight when when you lay it out like that. Would you uh, Would you say that you would recommend this movie to someone who hasn't seen this movie? I would recommend it to like you know it's probably specific kind of person who i think would like this type of movie it's not like a general recommendation kind of movie it's not everyone should see pitch black is not what you know okay no, certainly not. Uh, <laughs> but who should watch this movie charles <laughs> it's generally the type of people i know who might like horror films or might like sci-fi films or things like that that, that seems like I would also recommend it to people that like those kind of movies. Yeah, or maybe yeah. like the the kind of like lower budget kind of B movie looking feeling films. Right. Some people are definitely into those. And this is 
you know, one of the better examples of those, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a functional genre movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good, like, you know, it's a fun movie. If you're looking for, like, a 90-minute kind of escape, it, like... It does that. It yeah. fills it really well. It's, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Easy to throw it on. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not as good as, say, like, John Wick or... No. Uh, <laughs> sure. Or the, like, the more recent Judge Dredd. Um, I like which, Dredd a lot. Yeah. Dredd was fantastic. That movie's great. And, and similar in that it's sort of this, like, focused like one action yeah thing yeah yeah um right and, and really so it's yeah. not as good as many of the movies we've compared it to like, it's not as good as alien it's not, it's as, not good as good as jaws, uh, no jaws jurassic park uh terminator like it's not as good as it, it apes those movies like really well though. yeah yeah it does which i i give it credit for <clears throat> right because that's yeah. not easy to do or if it was easy to do like i won't do it so it, it gets points for that yeah i i think it's a well done movie yeah yeah have you guys seen The Grey? The Grey? The yeah. wolf movie? Yeah, with Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, actually. Okay, I, I mean, so that's like it. I don't see that many slasher films, but that's the other one I've seen that stands out to me that's very similar to this one because it's got like a group of guys that are stranded in the wilderness after a plane crash, and they're being hunted by all these wolves that are in the area and they're trying to get out. Um, so it's very much similar to this movie upon hindsight. Um, but that one I felt was a lot more effective to me. I thought it was a lot more well done because I felt like I cared more about the characters. The writing was better. Um, and it was all done through the lens of like this kind of existential crisis that Liam Neeson's character was having his fear of death. Um, and you know how he felt his life was going and the wolves were kind of a metaphor for that in a way. Um, and you know, I really liked how that movie made the conflict a lot more meaningful um, by doing that. So I do recommend you guys see that one. Yeah, you're not the first person to recommend that movie to me. So yeah. it was very, I thought it was very cool. So when we do movies Charles has seen, <laughs> we can play <laughs> great. It will be episode so, one. You guys should one. see that someday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, Want to call it a wrap? Yeah, I, I think right. that's yep. a good thing. So Charles that. would recommend this movie. To some to, people. To certain people. Are you glad that we made you watch it? <laughs> I, I'm certainly glad to have seen it. Yeah, it was Good. very enjoyable. Good. I'm glad. I think, well, we're coming up on 46 minutes. Uh, yeah, it seems like a safe that's time. That's good to me. So yes. thank you, gentlemen. Thank you to anyone who happens to listen to this. Yeah. And until next time. Until next time.